Welcome to the Weird Works Podcast. I'm Dr. Christy, your host. Join us for conversations about alternative and sometimes controversial healthcare topics. This podcast will provide the evidence that you need in order to make informed decisions about your health, to empower you with the facts that you need to advocate for your health, and to encourage you that there is hope your body heals. Join us from experts from all things weird, as well as the testimonies of people with stories of radical healing who were once told that perhaps their condition was a death sentence, that they would just need to live with it, or that drugs and invasive surgery were the only answer. Let's get into agreement that if there is something natural and non-invasive that could be helpful, that it could be your first option rather than your last resort. Hey everybody, welcome to the Weird Works podcast. I have a special guest today here. She's in Asheville, North Carolina. I thought she was on the West Coast, but she's not too far from us. Um, Dr. Lulu Shimmick, and she has coined herself as the genetic genius, and that really sparked my interest right off the bat. But Dr. <laughs> Lulu is a licensed naturopathic physician and a functional medicine doctor. She's a published author. She has a podcast. She's a national speaker. So she's bringing lots of awesome content to you guys today. Um, She's an expert in genetic health. She works with patients experiencing chronic diseases such as autoimmune, uh, digestive disorders, chronic pain syndromes, depression, anxiety, and fatigue. And she believes that once we dive deep down to the root of the problem of the distortion and ignite our body's innate ability to heal, we see unimaginable changes in our well-being. And that completely resonates with me as a chiropractor and what we do. So welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Dr. Christie, for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you. So the reason that I thought Dr. Lulu would be an awesome guest on our podcast is because as I dug through some of her content and material, she very much helps with thyroid adrenals. And I love the whole thing about overcoming your genetics, that that doesn't have to be a death sentence or that you don't have to rewrite history just because your family had fill in the blank, right? Right. And <laughs> right in the foreword of your book, it even said, health is your birthright. And I just actually wrote that in my daily devotionals, like a mantra for 2022. So I was like, yes, we're going to have such an <laughs> awesome conversation today. Totally. So Tell us your story. I find most healers have a story, how they got into this wild world of natural medicine in the first place. <laughs> right. Totally. You know, mine comes more from a state of like, um, really of passion, I think instead of illness, because sometimes as healers, you know, you'll hear the story, like I had X, Y, Z illness, but for me, it was one, a real place of passion. And I grew up with a mom who was totally into health, um, alternative, like, um, yoga, meditation, healthy food. I was a seventies baby. So all of that. <laughs> and then, you know, as I grew up, of course I went through hormones and in my twenties and I rebelled against all of that. I was a punk rocker. I was into all kinds of drugs and being crazy. And so then I kind of like went back <laughs> to the healthy world and I was like, okay, how can I start one improving myself, right? It's all about improving yourself. And I really dive deep into learning about yoga. I became a yoga teacher. I love to cook. So I started doing a lot of natural health cooking and teaching people and go, and I worked at a yoga retreat center. And then I wanted, was like, there's more, there's gotta be more. <laughs> so then I did some herbal training and some aromatherapy training and I became a massage therapist. And I was like, okay, well, there's still more. I felt like I, that wasn't quite at the place 
I wanted to be to help people. And then I went to naturopathic medical school. And from there I was like, oh, this is totally it. <laughs> and so when I finished, I was also back to that place like, now what am I going to do? <laughs> because, you know, it's like, you're so focused on medical school. Then I really discovered my passion one for helping women. I love helping women feel their best, having the most optimal health that they can be. And then I discovered genetics. And that was like the, the firework <laughs> in my body, in my brain. I was like, yes, look at this tool that I can use. So that's kind of like my story and my passion behind what I do. <laughs> I love it. Well, isn't that true though? When you're on fire and you're on purpose and on passion, like, you know, it's never ending, right? Like I always said that, like, if I could get paid to just be a student and learn all the time, like that would be awesome. But then you wouldn't because you want to help people with the information that you're getting. So, so I guess, true. <laughs> I guess you eventually have to use it and apply it. So um, do you want to explain kind of what you do in a nutshell? Because I listed off like naturopathic, functional medicine, vibrational medicine was in there too. So maybe just tell us some of the tools that you use and how, why you kind of incorporate those and how that's different from the traditional medical model that people might have only been exposed to. Yeah, that's a great question. So I think it would be good to just kind of like have an example of a patient and kind of walk through like my process. So first of all, that the patient is coming in and I do a deep dive into their whole history because it's not just about the symptoms, right? We want to really find out the root cause of what's going on. And that's a full timeline of history from birth through all aspects of their life. And then I kind of like look at those, what were the triggers that might be affecting the current place and time, right? So that's number one, the timeline history. And then number two is always mindset. So for me, a mindset is a really big part of my practice because I believe that trauma and stress really ignite that disease within us. And so I'm always looking at that when it comes to patients, what's your stress level like? What's your anxiety? How's your sleep? And then there's also lab testing. Of course, I use functional medicine labs. So I'm really not just testing like the basics, right? I'm really diving deep in, maybe doing a stool panel or maybe doing a full adrenal panel or a thyroid panel or hormones. And then look at those together and seeing how the body is out of balance. How can we really bring the body back into balance? And then of course, genetic testing. So for genetic testing, there's, I'll have a lot of different panels that I'll use. Let's say for instance, this person coming in is having some hot flashes or heavy periods. So I will do specific testing with genetics on those hormones, uh, doing a female panel, maybe PCOS and seeing what genes might be out of balance, mutated, or what vitamins and minerals we can bring in to help the person reach that optimum state of wellness. Then they work with me on their route of health, right? And then my goal is to help them leave the nest, <laughs> leave their, and have them be on their journey and not have them be patients anymore <laughs> because that's not my goal. My goal is to have them be their healthiest they can be away from me. <laughs> that's totally true though, right? Because if you're doing your job, we say that all the time. I'm like, I'm just constantly putting myself out of business as people get better and graduate on and go do their thing but that's what's cool about what you do when you get to the root cause don't you find that the results are more sustainable instead of a temporary trend 
Mm, totally. And you know, when it comes to alternative health, it's not just about a band-aid solution. And I think a lot of times people were so trained with like, oh, I can take this pill or something and I'm going to be immediately better. And that's not really what naturopathic medicine is about. It's a longer road. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon of health. We want you to be in that best place of health and not just fall back into the rut of how you were when you started. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's important. Like what was mm-hmm. the pathway that eventually got you maybe to the state of imbalance in the first place? And you don't want to mm-hmm. go back to being that crazy person. Right. Right. Exactly. We talk about that with adrenal health all the time. They're like, Oh mm-hmm. no, I can't wait to get my energy back so I can get back to all the things. And I'm like, well, let's find a better balance. So you don't want to repeat history. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes the vision of that new person can be scary to people. They're like, well, I don't know what I would do with myself if I was healthy and I could do X, Y, Z, or I didn't have to do X, Y, Z. So we have to like retrain the brain, reprogram the body and the mind and the spirit, right? The whole body to be able to live in that new place, which can be a big place to change into. <laughs> right. I think I had this later, but we can say it now. Like, do you find people really identify with their diseases and their titles and their diagnoses? Is that a little bit of what you're talking about, how to break them out of that? Like, all they've ever known is a sick identity. Right. Yeah. A lot of times an exercise, these are two exercises I'll do with patients. One, I have them create a wellness vision of what that looks like for them doing different timelines, like one year, five year, 10 year out. Sometimes that can be really hard to vision if you're in a chronic ill place. The second piece is writing down that label. Maybe you have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, writing that down and then burning it because <laughs> that label doesn't identify you. Yeah. You have, might be relating with it as a way to hide behind something that you're not ready to face. Maybe you were labeled incorrectly, but we want to heal the whole body, not the label. Yeah. I love that. Sometimes I find that people, maybe one word was spoken over them from a doctor, maybe even like in childhood, like it might not even pertain to now, but then they hold it forever. And you really mm-hmm. have to understand the power of not only the words that you put on others, but maybe the power of words that have been put on you that no longer serve you. Mm, So true. Mm -hmm. I always wonder that. I'm like, I hope I'm not putting any words on patients. (laughs) Right. We have to be very objective. (laughs) Yeah. So you mentioned mindset a second ago, but my question was going to be what aspect of health do you find the most overlooked or neglected? Mm-hmm. That's totally mindset. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're in a definitely like a mindset epidemic, right? Or a mental health epidemic where, especially from COVID. And I was just thinking about this today that I think I'm going to be working with patients who are, have been suffering from this epidemic or have had, you know, mental health issues from this epidemic for a long time. That's like PTSD from COVID because, you know, the stress and anxiety, for example, I had someone I was working with this week and they were quarantined in their house for three months by their parents. And I was like, wow, that's got to be really traumatizing as a child. Well, this was a teenager, you know, just, and so I think there's going to be a lot of stress. So again, that mental health piece is so important, right? We have to be able to address the stress and anxiety and let it go. And we're holding, we're going to be holding on to it. And then it's also not addressed in a way from the alternative health perspective at all. Um, I, you know, I think most people, they, they'll go to a psychiatrist or psychologist or the doctor and they get an, an antidepressant, which actually leads them down a road of worse conditions and is never treating that root cause of the stress. Yeah. And there's so much work that can be done on the subconscious and reprogramming and repatterning, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. 
Well, and that's what I was going to ask you, you know, what are, is it mostly the mental health aspect or are you seeing any other general health trends after the pandemic? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think mental health is the most, I have seen a lot of respiratory conditions, of course, uh, Mm -hmm. because of the COVID vaccine and, or just the grief part, because grief, you know, is, is our emotional aspect of the lungs. And we're grieving for so much loss with COVID from family members, from friends, we're being isolated from the planet. So I think that that's a big piece, not just from the physical perspective, we always have to look at the emotional. Um, And so, yeah, and I've also seen a lot of changes with hormones because we have our stress hormone cortisol, right? And we've seen a huge change in the adrenals and how that's affecting women and their cycles and having early signs of menopause. So yeah, I've seen a big change in my practice over the two years based on those things. Yeah. Well, and how how long have you been in practice? I didn't ask since, oh yeah, since 2015. Right. So, so you've been is, in yeah. practice mm-hmm. way before the pandemic and I'm sure yeah. adrenal <laughs> fatigue and stress related conditions were probably the majority of your practice, like all of oh, us. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So but we true. already knew people were like stressed out of their minds and that's just mm-hmm. unfortunately been an American culture of like push on and multitasking and, you know, kind of just stuff it and deal with it later or never. And I say like, you know, 2020 and 2021 was kind of like make make or break, right? Like if people were already kind of teetering on mental health or adrenal fatigue, like this is, this is really tip people over the edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, as practitioners really have to have those tools in our toolbox moving forward, like more than we've, I've ever had before. Like I'm just have a lot of things ready in prime, like, okay, you're experiencing this. Here's some tools to help you right away so that people don't uh, have that pattern of chronic stress continue moving forward. Right. So what are some of those tools? I wanted to talk about adaptogens because we use them in the practice as well. So Mm -hmm. you can start with that and then tell us if there's some other tools that you like to use. Sure. Yeah. Adaptogens are my favorite. I love adaptogens. I use them all the time. Um, I'm also a plant medicine director at the Veterans Healing Farm in Hendersonville, North Carolina, where really close to where I live. And so we grow all the plants on that farm. And then I teach veterans how to use them. So adaptogens are a big part of that because uh, they're suffering from PTSD a lot of the time. So adaptogens help us to deal with stress. And my favorite one I think is really um, ashwagandha. I love ashwagandha. It really, you know, it's like this kind of like cushion of love. It really helps us adapt to stress, but in this soft way, it's not, especially for the type A personality, it's not like a kick in the pants, like a a cup of coffee or so, so to speak. It really helps us to like, you know, even things out and you can take it throughout the day and it doesn't affect your sleep at night, which I really like a lot too. Um, And it's great for the immune system. So, you know, when it comes to an adaptogen, I I'm recommending all my patients are taking adaptogens right now, really important because you don't know sometimes how stress is affecting you. You know, you don't always realize it, especially if you're busy. And so adaptogens really help us, especially through the holidays into 2022. (laughs) Yeah. Right. This is another stressful season for a whole nother boatload of different reasons. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Well, and ashwagandha has a lot of great research. Like I find that maybe even in traditional medicine, it's a very well-known herb. 
Right. Exactly. Very. It's, I like to talk about herbs too, that are very accessible and that's one that you can easily get. Um, and it's grown here, you know, in the United States. So it, it does come from other countries as well, but I've been really trying to focus a lot on herbs that we can get locally. So we don't have to have that footprint, right. For the uh, environment. And also we don't have to worry about any pesticides or things like that, that might be used in other countries that don't have the same restrictions that we do. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. So knowing that you're getting good quality products and safety and products and not just ordering something off the internet, you know, with right. unknown <laughs> sources so critical. Mm -hmm. We will be right back after this message. Are you tired of going from diet to diet to come up short and feel worse than you did when you started? Or are you just lost with all the mixed messaging out there today and not sure what's best for you and your lifestyle? Maybe you were told that you had to live with your symptoms and accept feeling less than your typical vibrant self. Well, I'm here to tell you the truth. As a practicing doctor of chiropractic, kinesiology, and clinical nutrition, I see people all the time that are just like you, frustrated and starting to lose hope. But I do want you to know that you do not have to give up on the you that you know you could be. There is a way to truly achieve optimal health and also to live your life. I want to share with you how by doing some small doable adjustments and taking on a new approach to enjoyable and non-restrictive eating, we can help you start feeling better and begin to see changes in your waistline and start releasing weight in as little as 14 days. Um, so are there some lifestyle habits that you like, like breathing or yoga? What have you found is the most effective or does it depend mm -hmm. on the person? <laughs> Great question. I think that's both. <laughs> so one, um, I think meditation is the best tool. I personally, myself use it all the time. I meditate every day in the morning. It's my first, my first thing I do. And I also meditate at night with like nice relaxing music. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, they're, they're afraid of meditation or they don't feel like they can get their mind turned off, right? It's like the, the busy mind keeps going, but we really have to have a space where we connect and it doesn't have to be like this massive, like an hour <laughs> meditation. That's the other thing. I think we're like, oh my God, I don't have the time. Like, well, actually, you know, can you take five minutes out of your day to just for you? And you can do mini meditations. I find patients that have a lot of stress. If they'll like, you know, in the morning, they'll do a little mini one. And then if they're having a lot of stress in the afternoon, if they can just take that pause for themselves and just, you know, close the eyes, put on some nice music. So I think that is the tool that I find actually the most helpful and the simplest. And there's been a lot of evidence-based research around meditation and how it helps reduce stress, uh, reduces heart rate, reduces blood pressure. So it's very beneficial. I think that's one of my favorites. And of course it's individualized <laughs> because I, I find some people just, you know, they need something else. So I'll teach them different things, whether that's breath work, which can be so helpful, uh, meditation, and sometimes maybe just even a nice Epsom salt bath where you're, you're having a lot of chronic pain. You need to help the body to relax. And that helps you to then get into that meditative state, like put some salts in the bath, put the candles on, put your favorite music on. It's all about self-care. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes people need an assist, right. In order to mm -hmm. get into that state, probably the most busy minded people, the people that have the highest amount of trouble doing meditation are the ones that need it the most. So it's a practice, <laughs> right. It'll get right. better. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just start slowly. And that's the best way I think just like, okay, today I'm going to try 
maybe you only get a minute done. That's okay. Yeah. You know, no big deal. And see, maybe you like, okay, I'm going to try doing it for a week and see how I feel. Maybe make a little challenge for yourself. Right. And so like, did you notice any difference? Was it easier to deal with the, like the stressful, I don't know, cooking dinner or the in-laws coming over for the holidays, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what is helpful for you? So I think that's a big thing. Like, you know, keeping some kind of journal, if you like to meditate and journal, how your body's responding to that specific mindset exercise can really be beneficial. Cause a lot of times we forget right? Like, oh yeah, I forgot I was stressed out. <laughs> I forgot how I am able to use the tools to help myself feel better. Yeah. I like that idea of like, write it down, like study how the, it impacts you or what the results have been because mm-hmm. people really have no idea how stressed they are. I found that we use in our practice, we use heart rate variability just to have an educational piece and to show them and to show and monitor progress on programs. But honestly, before we use that technology, I found that people very much under reported, you know, if it was just a subjective reporting, how stressed they were, everybody thought they were doing better than they really were. And I don't know exactly why that is, if that's just because it's been a cu- cultural normalcy, or they're comparing themselves to the next stressed out person. I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I think that when we were talking about that mental health piece earlier, Dr. Christie, and I think it's really about people feel ashamed about expressing themselves when it comes to mental health, then we're moving out of that phase. But I think that was, you know, like, oh, I have anxiety. I don't know if I can talk about that. Or I feel depressed. I don't know if I can talk about that. So it's it's hidden. And I think now people are feeling a lot more comfortable about talking about it and seeking help. So I think that is um, a big piece of it why people don't like recognize it because they're ashamed in some way, even if they don't even recognize they're afraid to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's shift gears into the genetics because I know you love it. So how did you earn the title genetic genius? (laughs) That's super. Well, I gave it to myself. (laughs) Okay. That's good. That's cool. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, you know, I have my own podcast, the genetic genius. And I was like, Oh, what am I going to call it? And I was like, Oh, I'm going to call the genetic genius, because I feel like that's like, it just, it's a spark within myself and that I'm always striving to learn more. And so that's kind of like, I'm not like, you know, the ego part of it. It's more that I want people to realize like, yeah, I do have the knowledge and I'm an expert, just like yourself, Dr. Christie's like, we're experts. We want people to know that we're experts. We have the, the training, the schooling behind it. And we should, you know, claim that. Right. I love it. No, I think it's a great title. So tell me just in general, what is your role in genetics and health? Like, I know that's kind of an open-ended question, but. (laughs) Right, yeah, we could talk about this for hours. Yeah, I'll keep it brief for sure. So my role with genetics is from that prevention and wellness standpoint. Now, one thing about genetics is I think the old story is that if you're bringing in a specific gene, then you are prone to be getting this specific thing, whether it's a mental health condition, a physical ailment, a disease, et cetera. And so I think the new mindset is we have this specific genetic marker within ourselves and we have the power to change it. Right. And so I think that's really the face of genetics of the future is that we can, we can change our DNA. We can change the, our epigenetics, the stressors around us that are changing our DNA. It's very possible. You know, I think that's a, it's a hard stretch for people to uh, fathom that, right? Because it's like, we've been heard the same story over and over again, like your DNA is permanent. Well, I'm like, right. well, then how can it be mutated? <laughs> 
if it can be mutated, that means it can heal. And so I think that's like the, how I come across with it, with patients is like, here's, let's just take a, it's like your genetic blueprint. It's like giving us this beautiful map inside your body. And so let's dive deep in and see like what tools like, oh yeah, you know, my genetics show that I'm actually more prone to stressful situations. Well, then let's make sure we have that mindset piece in uh, my genetics show that I have the MTHFR mutation. Well, let's make sure we're looking at that and how you're methylating. What other aspects of the body are make are turned on or turned off so that you can have the best optimal health. Right. I know genetics are fascinating. I think I was still an undergrad when they were still mapping out the, you know, the genome project. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I want to do that. I don't know. Yeah. Life changes, right? And your goals right. change and all. But I remember like being fascinated by the work. Yeah. And it's so, it's so new. We're every day. There's something new that we're learning about it and studying. And there's lots of different um, thoughts of process about genetics in general. And I think that um, we're going to see over the next 10 plus years, a huge, another shift in it. Yeah. Cool. Well, mm -hmm. and it is, you said powerful. That was the word that you started with and it is mm -hmm. powerful. And that's mm -hmm. what it, you know, we try to tell people that just because there was heart disease, obesity, mental illness, fill in the blank, just because your family and siblings and maybe generation after generation struggle with a certain condition, it doesn't mean that you have to, right? Right. Yeah. And that's exactly, we were talking about that labeling beforehand. And so when I talk about that empowerment piece with my patients around genetics, that's what it is. It's a tool to help you break free of the label, right? That that's what it's about. It's not about the label. It's about breaking free of, um, into this new place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you agree then with the phrase, I wrote a quote, genetics may load the gun, but diet and lifestyle are what pull the trigger. Totally. That's all, you know, genetics, our epigenetics, our epigenetics is everything in our outside environment that's affecting our inside environment. And it's so true. How we live our life is how our body responds. And so that we can, you know, whether we're eating good food or drinking good water, or reducing our toxic load, mm -hmm. uh, reducing our stress, exercising, all those play an aspect and they're the foundations of health. It's just, we're seeing it now in a different way because we have that different blueprint or roadmap of our genetics. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was last Christmas, actually, that like the 23andMe and some of the other like at home genetic testing, you know, tools were like the biggest gift giving idea. Now, what mm -hmm. are you talking about different genetic tests than those types of yeah. So that's the ancestral test, um, DNA test. And so, yeah, I mean, that's just like very basic, right? Um, I'm talking about really specific diving in with, a, I mean, our genetic code is very complex. <laughs> it's not just like a couple of genes. When you do the 23andMe, it, you, it's going to look at, you know, the main genes and things like that. But when the testing that I do um, is very broad. And so then I'll pick panels based on specific things, whether that's stress, anxiety, sleep, hair loss, hormones. So the company that I uses or I use puts those into panels that then I can go over with patients so that it's much more understandable because it's like, it's, you don't want to, one thing is you don't want to decide to do your testing on your own and then have all this information and not understand it. I highly recommend working with a genetic practitioner because you want to be able to interpret it. And then you also want to be able to have the tools that you need to understand it. Right. So mm -hmm. is this testing we call like genetic SNPs or people are maybe familiar with the dirty genes term? 
Right. Yeah. So it's looking at, yeah, those SNPs in the actual code, right? So we have our genetic code and then that it can be mutated by a specific way, which is called like a, a SNP. And then that will be given like a specific number, <laughs> which yeah. is, that's the complicated part. It's given this long like code. And then that code is related to a specific aspect of the body, like the MT MTHFR gene or the COMT gene. So those then have specific actual SNPs that relate to that more that condition or that higher code yeah i once heard a, a practitioner talk about that if you had a certain genetic mutation that even taking fish oils might not be the best thing for you because your body might not be able to process fish oil so like they could actually interpret fish oil as if it was like a hydrogenated oil i was like right oh yeah. maybe we should know that <laughs> Right. That's super true. And that's a great way to use, you know, I'll do a vitamin and mineral panel on patients and see like, you know, how does your body process vitamin D? How's your body process vitamin B12? And those are really important because we're, those are essential vitamins and minerals. We don't want to be like taking vitamin D all the time. You're like, well, my levels are still so low what's mm -hmm. happening. And that's really common. I think we're seeing, you know, vitamin D is an epidemic too. We're seeing so much low deficiency with vitamin D, but you want to know how you're absorbing it. If you can absorb it and why, you're absorbing it poorly. Right, exactly. And we do see that where patients have come in and, you know, before they got on program, like they're taking all this over-the-counter stuff, or maybe another practitioner recommended it, and then they're not feeling better and their like labs aren't showing any improvement either. So right. an explanation. Yeah, it's so true. You don't want to flush your money down the toilet or flush your supplements down the toilet, beam out, right? right? You really want to be absorbing them and know what's best. So a health practitioner like yourself is so important to work with because you want to one, take supplements that are, have the evidence behind them that they work. And then two, the ones that are in alignment with you for your best health. Right. Well, and that's the thing too. It leads to more hopelessness. Patients, unfortunately, who have gone their own route or DIY'd it and then, you know, come up empty handed, they've invested time and money, you know, mm -hmm. and effort into a program with no result. And then they come in when they finally come in, you know, they're out of hope and money and resource. And then it's a sad place. Like we almost have to start mm -hmm. with the mindset before we can even go into the physical body. Do you see that too? Right. Oh yeah, totally. You know, and people often come to naturopathic physicians as their last resort. Yes. It's like they've, you know, they've tried everything and their friend says, Oh, have you tried, you know, X, Y, Z seek out this uh, practitioner like Dr. Lulu or Dr. Christie. And, you know, it's so sad to see they'll come in with, with a list of supplements, this massive list and, and a list of pharmaceuticals and a list of conditions. It's like, Whoa, <laughs> okay. Let's take a step back. Like you said, really look at those foundations first. And I usually will eliminate a lot of those supplements yeah. and say like, okay, let's slowly start to put them back in uh, one. Are they ones that are good in alignment with you? And let's see how your body responds one at a time. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes if you're taking so many things, it's like supplement overload, your body can't handle it. And do you really need all that? Yeah. Like, you know, so it's, you have to really also meet the, the patient where they're able to afford it because supplements can be really expensive. It's not usually covered by uh, healthcare. Right. It's not exactly. And that's why I love different tools, like what you're talking about and muscle testing or whatever your, you know, biofeedback tool you're using is to know mm -hmm. how to streamline it and prioritize it on behalf of the patient so that they are only taking what they need. Yeah. I think sometimes people don't realize like they, they might be taking a basket full of like really good high quality products, but if the body is deficient or energy deficient, 
it still takes energy to process all that good stuff that they're putting in, right? They're giving the body a job to do by taking all that stuff unknowingly. So true. So true. Especially when it comes to the gut, because, you know, a lot of times uh, patients will come and they'll be on lots of capsules. And I've said, well, you know, if you're having a digestive disorder, your body's not going to break those down. And so I'll switch them to liquid supplements and they see such a huge difference because they're immediately absorbed into the bloodstream, into the system, into the digestive system. They don't have to take the energy, like you said, to, to process it, especially if they have adrenal fatigue, they're like, well, I need every moment of energy I can. Exactly. (laughs) Totally. So when we talk about genes, I think with 2020, in 2021 that people know the term mRNA. Do you have any concerns about this mRNA therapy that's becoming so popular? Yeah, you know, um, when it comes to mRNA treatment, it really concerns me because it's synthetic. Um, I think, you know, when, if we're going to be doing something with the DNA in the future one, I think we can, there's a lot of tools that we have that are non-invasive. And to me, that's an, that's an invasive tool because it's using something synthetic. Our body doesn't recognize now that might change in the future. If they, if there's something that is more, uh, the same as our body, like maybe stem cell therapy would then be an alternative to that. But I think using something synthetic is same with um, bioidentical hormone therapy. Your body doesn't recognize it. And so it, it can completely change the way your body process processes. <laughs> and, you know, that can be difficult for the body. And also we don't know the long-term effects downstream of that. We will be right back after this message. Americans spend $33 billion every single year on diets and weight loss products, and yet diets have a 95% failure rate. These statistics and my 18 plus years experience as a practicing doctor show me the real dangers of a cookie cutter approach to health and that truthfully, diets don't work. This is why I created the 9010 Lifestyle. For the people like you and me, busy and not willing to settle for less when it comes to our health and wellness. This program isn't just about feeling fantastic and or losing weight for good, it's a roadmap to upgrading your body and mind from the inside out, while simultaneously suppressing the inflammation and suppressing the guilt that often comes with a high stress, high expectations, and high performance. The number one reason the 9010 lifestyle is so effective and easy to maintain is that it gives you back your willpower instead of forcing it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, so you it'll be interesting, maybe scary also, especially for you as a genetic therapist to see mm-hmm. what the future, how that's gonna play out, because it is on yeah. like we really don't know. Right. And there's lots of ways that we can use to help the DNA and the RNA without using something synthetic. You know, there's lots of different vitamins and nutrients that help the mitochondria and different aspects of the, um, as in the, the things within the cell, right. Besides giving something that's actually can change the code in a scary way. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, we try to not use certain words, obviously, because of censorship, I'm sure you know how to navigate around all of that as well, right. but it's, you know, I've heard from really educated virologists that this isn't a vaccine, it's genetic engineering. So I right. just, that to me is scary. If they were, you know, if they were um, advertising, hey, let's all like mass genetic engineer, people would kind of think twice and be like not in line and willing to like come forward and subject themselves to that, but they're putting it under the guise of a vaccine. And so 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Anytime we're developing something in a lab, no matter what it is, it can, it changes our body's reaction because it's not normal. And that could, there's so many examples of that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and even the way that um, nutraceuticals are made, mm-hmm. you know, they can be made poorly or, you know, um, altered in a way that that's not um, advertised or explained, right? I think there was a study that was done where they took samples off of the, of the shelf of a health food store, mm-hmm. and they then uh, measured the amount mm-hmm. of actual uh, supplement as opposed yeah. to filler. And I think it was right. 75% filler. Right which is so right. scary. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's why I say, you know, I've said this before, but like maybe like once a month, there'll be a news article or a report about supplements and how they really don't do anything for you, you know? And <laughs> do you hear this? But that's why we're saying like, not all products are created equally. So going over the counter and not knowing the source is very much could be true. But what Dr. Mm-hmm. Lula is talking about is, you know, knowing the source and the active ingredient content. I'm sure the stuff you get, like we have like a, literally a biochemical assay on like active ingredient and peaks of certain compounds, you know, mm-hmm. in like echinacea, for example. Mm-hmm. So, so important. Yeah. You kind of have to know what you're getting. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So we talked a little bit about the identity, um, kind of clinging to your diagnosis and kind of owning a label. Mm -hmm. Um, that's something I was, it was really interested in because we are writing a book right now called how to rewrite your health identity or your health ID and just kind of letting go of things that no longer serve you and kind of studying that. Like, what are your beliefs about diet, nutrition, self-care? Where did they Mm -hmm. come from? You know, even Mm -hmm. if it's how you shop or how much time you take to prep or how much conscious thought and effort you put into like putting a meal on the table or whether you eat on the fly or with a fam, you know, your family around a table, you know, and kind of just studying that and getting in tune to how you wrote your current ID and then being purposeful about how to rewrite it in a more serving way in the future. Yeah, that's so important. And I, um, I think we were talking a little bit about that health vision earlier and, you know, I working and rewriting your health story is really important. And I talk about that in my book. It's like, you, you can totally rewrite your health story because you right in this moment in time, you have a specific health story that's brought you forward. Like, for example, let's say you have a chronic rash, you know, that you just can't seem to shake. Right. And so that's your health story. So how can you rewrite that health story? What do you need to bring in? Is it a thought process? Is it emotional? Is it a stress piece? Is it physical? You know, and when we have, when we sit down and actually rewrite it, it's very powerful. Yeah. I love it. I can't Mm -hmm. wait to read the rest of your book. I'm very excited about it. Yay. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. So her book is called Detox, Nourish, and Activate Plant and Vibrational medicine for energy, mood, and love. So do you want to talk about it? Sure. Yes. I would love to talk about it. So the first three letters of detox, nourish, and activate are DNA. (laughs) So that's a clue to what the book's going to be about. It's all about DNA, but then the energy, mood, and love piece. So those are the three organ systems that are addressed in the book. So mood is the brain and nervous system. Energy is the adrenal system. And then love is the cardiovascular system. So those three specific um, organ systems are kind of like, you know, in alignment and the co-author and myself figured out or discussed together that those are the three, like kind of like prime areas that our body needs to be able to shift, to move forward. Cause our brain is 
is all about thought. You know, the heart is all about love and the adrenal system is all about fear and our grounding. So connecting those three together. So then the plant and vibrational medicine aspect of the book is about 11 different modalities that we talk about in the book, which that's herbal medicine, aromatherapy, meditations, crystal work, everything that can come in, these specific tools you can use to help shift your body. And I think that we want to, it's, the book is big. It's like an encyclopedia. It's a lot of information, but then you have the tools, like say you're interested and you're like, you know, I'm having a lot of grief and I'm, I'm really wanting to let go of things that aren't serving me in my heart center. You can go right to the book and look on ways to detox the heart, to help let the those things go. So there's lots of tools that we talk about in the book and resources to help shift the body. I love it. Well, what inspired you to write a book? Like you were already in practice and treating patients. So was it yeah. just a love thing for you or did you find a necessity <laughs> in patient care? Right. You know, um, I, love to teach. And I think this was a way that I could reach a more global aspect with a book, right? Cause you can only reach so many people like with, with, you, with a one-on-one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I've been doing is a lot of programs and webinars. And I was like, and I was doing a lot of retreats and I said, Oh, you know, this information that I have can be put into a book and it can go global. Mm-hmm. So that's one that was one of the reasons. And I felt like I just had this information I had to share. Like I got to get it out. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes I think that I actually- Exercise of writing a book does help the practitioner because you can kind of organize your thoughts because you know mm-hmm. so much, right? When somebody asks you a question, aren't you kind of like, oh, like there's so many ways to answer this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. I mean, we have so many resources, yeah. especially as alternative health practitioners. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't just have one toolbox, which yeah. the typical allopathic model, they have one toolbox, really, you know, just because they're not taught, maybe that will shift in a different way, but they're not really taught a lot except that one toolbox. Right. But for us, we have a huge one. And so, yeah, we can can draw through a lot of different resources. How long did it take you to write the book? About two years, the whole process of writing, especially with a co-author, it can be, you know, it's because you're like talking through things back and forth. I think it would be a a faster process with a single author. Um, And then also the review part and the publication, that is a whole process. It takes a long time, the editing. So yeah, it was a wonderful process. I learned so much about myself and my, my own growth and how to help patients more. It was a wonderful process. Yeah. I'm in the middle of it, but some days you just have to hang it up and then kind of revisit it. So we're on a pause with it, but it's, it is, it draws a lot out of you. And I find people who have written a book, then you always have that to kind of refer back. And I do find that like people who have gone through the process of writing a book are much easier, are better at communicating what they do. Mm-hmm. It's so true because it's, it's a, it's that code has been written in your brain in the file yes. cabinet, right? So you can easily access it because it's been written and then it's out there. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I have this tool right away. And you can always refer people to your book. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, then, you know, it, you know, your content, like the back of your hand, cause you've spent two years, like intensively, like organizing it and, review- mm-hmm. and reviewing it too. Right. Totally. I heard one time that like everybody has a story, like everybody has a book inside of them. I mean, that was probably told by a writer or a writing coach, (laughs) but... (laughs) I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. We do all have our story. 
Yeah, I think, you know, and some people are more comfortable explaining it on the paper in the yeah. public. I know, I know we're getting used to all these like videos and reels and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like, I just want to hide behind a book, but I guess you got to be out there in the limelight sometimes to reach yeah, people. Yeah, people want to find you. Yeah. They want to, they need you. <laughs> yeah, need to cut through all the noise and chaos with some of these truths that we know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So we are on the Weird Work works podcast and I know you've traveled all over the world and studied all different forms so like you want to share if there's like and it doesn't even have to be just one what are some of the weirdest so to speak therapies that you've either immersed yourself in or studied or just tell us something fun yeah um I know that is such an interesting one I was trying to think like what are all of the aspects? I've had so much alternative therapy and learned it myself. Um, I think with traveling the world, I think the the strangest or most, um, the largest like memory stamp on myself, the pro- most profound experience, I um, we were um, on a river cruise in the Amazon and we, it was a very, very small boat, not, you know, not like a cruise ship, right. like with 20 people. The Amazon is, you know, you don't have a, like a cruise ship go on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we stopped at this small village to um, have some healing, individual healing sessions with a shaman in the village. And to me, I will never just, for, I will never forget that experience because it just like, one, it wasn't a different language. <laughs> so, you know, I don't even really know it wasn't translated. I don't know what was really said, but I could feel like the shift within myself and the experience of the, the, um, like herbs that were used in the environment and the ceremony and the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can experience that type of healing here in the United States. You don't have to go to South America. Yeah. <laughs> I think shamanistic healing to me is, is very, um, it's very different. Like it connects to your soul, um, on a different wavelength. And we all need this type of healing. You know, we haven't really talked about that emotional and energetic field too much, but that to me, that type of healing is the quote unquote weirdest and most transformational, (laughs) but it's all energy based, you know, like it's so funny when people think that's weird. I'm like, actually it's physics. If you understand, like, I think actually people are starting to understand. I think there's a little bit of a buzzword about quantum energy. Mm -hmm. And now people are understanding like, Oh, Mm -hmm. that's how you explain like what we previously thought was just like weird and inexplainable. Yeah. Like vibrational medicine is just a form of light. Like if you think about like the, um, sun going through a glass of water, Mm -hmm. right. You can see those waves of energy, that light form. And that's exactly all that vibrational medicine is. It's a wave form and our body is made of water (laughs) and electricity. So anytime we use that vibrational form, it goes right into the cells and helps us shift at a much more, um, advanced rate as opposed to taking a supplement or something like that, because that vibration, our body just absorbs it. It's like a sponge, like, give me more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which is great for people to start to understand. Like energy medicine, isn't like this weird thing. You guys understand 5g, you talk about energy, different other properties Mm -hmm. of energy every single day. We use it, but our body is very energetic. Something I like to explain it is like, well, did you ever give a thought to like, Hey, we're living and breathing and alive and active and we go to sleep and we wake up automatically like we don't have to plug ourselves 
into an electric socket or an external source like did you ever think like where the energy comes from you know mm-hmm. really yeah, that's a great a perpetuating one. energy generator right yeah I think sometimes people do want to plug in yeah it'd be nice <laughs> and recharge right? yeah right we just have to recharge in a different way grounding ourselves going for a walk in nature taking our shoes off walking on the beach you know that's how we connect to the earth and our earth is our center gravitational energy point <laughs> I just love in the book, you know, as much as I've read, and I want to read the whole thing from cover to cover, but (laughs) you really talk about, you know, Mother Earth and getting back to our roots, you know, and ancestral medicine and these things that have been around, like these principles that have been around since the beginning of time, not just what's new and trendy. You know, I love when they come up like, you know, new nutrient found. I'm like, really? Like, you don't think it was always here? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Yes, we just found it. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's really cool how you connect all of that with the earth. And I once heard, I don't know who this quote is by, that really the only time the body gets in in a diseased state is when we get out of balance with our environment. Do you agree Mm -hmm. with that? Oh, 100%. You know, our environment affects us and it's our outside environment and our inside environment, just like the cells have a, an inside fluid and an outside fluid, right? It's the same with us and it affects everything that we do and we can easily bring that back into balance. And I think that's the shift that we're making moving forward is it doesn't, I mean, when people are in a chronic disease state, they're, they're suffering, right? They've been having this hard time, but I think we're moving into this new state of health where it can be easy to move out of it. If you bring yourself into balance, it's all it takes. And you just have to have the right tools and the, Mm -hmm. you know, the the mindset, be open to it. It doesn't have to be this long drawn out road of extensive suffering for years and years and years. Yeah. But that's so hopeful. I love Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, okay, so we're kind of coming to the end of our talk here, but it's so, I mean, I'm fascinated and always learning from you through this hour. How can people learn more if they want to learn more about what you do, if they want to get your book and some of your programs? Yeah, sure. Well, it's super easy to find me. My website is this doc, like what's up doc, D-O-C, Lulu. So that's super easy. And um, you can follow me on social media on Instagram. I'm all over Instagram. I love to post things. And that is uh, Dr. Lulu Shimek, S-H-I-M-E-K. So that's it. Or you can just put in Dr. Lulu most of the time. comes up to. <laughs> um, and then I have a wonderful freebie to give away to your audience for my thyroid program coming up in January on January 17th. It's an amazing program to really own your own power, start speaking your truth. And so if you want to learn more about your thyroid and start to jumpstart it, it's called the power of thyroid health. So they can tune into that and learn about some really natural alternative ways to get jumpstart their thyroid health. Thank you. We love freebies. Yay, me too. (laughs) So I will post all of those links to Dr. Lulu, her book, her website, um, her social handles, as well as the um, link for the freebie in the show notes for this episode. Any final thoughts? I'm just wishing everyone the most joyous 2022 and a happy new year and that your vision of health and wellness is just the most beautiful one. I love that. I couldn't say it any better. Well, thank you again for joining us. It's been a true delight in good health naturally. I'm Dr. Christy signing off for another episode of the Weird Works Podcast. 
Your health and how you feel on a daily basis directly impact your mental, emotional, and spiritual health. We will help you reprogram your way of thinking and be on a plan that works for your body instead of against it. It is time to rewrite the false belief that health abnormalities are normal and that it just is what it is. You do not have to live with feeling less than 100%. We invite you to take a serious look at how you feel on a day-to-day -day basis. Is what you're doing working? Do you want to learn how to live a more holistic life that's still enjoyable and fun? The 90-10 lifestyle can be the bridge from subpar results to the vibrant and abundant lifestyle that you've been looking for. So click the link by this video so you can get started today. We truly, truly know that this program can change your life. We'll see you on the inside.